Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde live on a Wednesday night talking some Notre Dame football and big college football and even NFL news um, live. So hope everyone is doing well. We took off last week. It was our little bye week, um, but we are back and excited for tonight's show. Uh, and, and Tim, let's just kind of dive right into the major news of the day. Um, and that was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, becoming the Los Angeles Chargers' new head coach. Not a, a major shock, I mean, because these rumors have been swirling for a while, but it's like one of those things, like Saban retires, you knew it was going to happen one of these days, and then he does it. Uh, Harbaugh is even less of a surprise because, I mean, it's been reported for the past week or so that he would be leaving Michigan, um, or, or potentially leaving Michigan for, Michigan for one of these NFL spots. So, Tim, what, what what's your reaction to this news? 
Yeah, how about the last the last final four playoffs? Three of the four coaches are gone. How about that? Yeah. So, so uh, Sarkeesian going to the pros, make it four for four, and just just blow up the whole entire uh, college football coaching carousel. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I'm a football coach. I'm a football fan. I'm excited for Harbaugh. My brother's a huge Charger fan. You know. After we grew up in, in uh, upper LA area, he's been in San Diego for 25 years, big Charger fan. So I know he's already pumped. Got a good buddy in the Marines who just retired, another huge Charger fan. He's already uh, texting me his excitement and whatnot. So guys are just excited that are NFL fans that because Harbaugh wins. I don't care what anyone says, that dude's a winner. So he's going to more than likely turn around the Chargers. And a uh, smart move because he's going somewhere that has a quarterback in the NFL. It's all about quarterbacks. If you don't have a quarterback, just, you know, you're going to last two years and get fired and, and be on the fired coaching circuit, collecting millions, working on ESPN or NFL Network. So that's what they do. But, uh, no, I mean, it's big news. And then <clears throat> as it's been, you know, circulating the last week, my mindset always goes to Notre Dame. And it's like, with you know, with all these coaches in the portal, if nothing changes, if nothing changes in the next couple of years, you know, I'm just, I mean, let's say Freeman, you know, it's here three more years and he moves on or whatever happens. It's like the AD, Bavakwa, man, all the ADs in all these schools, they've got to have a ready-made list to go or your team is just going to get crushed uh, by in the portal. I'm saying if nothing changes, I'm, I'm assuming something will change in the next few years and whatnot. So that's just something I've been thinking about how it goes because Alabama hired a coach in 48 hours. Arizona did, Washington did. These ADs move fast, so because they know the the modern landscape, you can't sit around and wait 30 days, you know, to interview 12 coaches and see how that plays out anymore. It's like quick as could be. Which Michigan more than likely is going to hire a Marcus Freeman type coach, a rookie head coach, to take over the you know one of the bluest of the blue blood programs in college football, hand that over to a rookie because he's well liked. He's going to keep that roster intact, right? So. Um, is that just going to be more of a move with some of these programs as well? So just a quick little couple minute rant there. Yeah, you got, you got to think if you're Michigan, like you saw what just happened at Alabama, um, you know, w- with that changeover on that roster and, and, and in recruiting. So um, you know, you, you elevate your run more, and then you're you're looking like uh, you would keep a lot of that. But also when Marcus Freeman got hired, it's like all right, he's going to keep this staff in place, and then. Uh, McNulty gets, uh, you know, the BCOC job. Lance sure. Taylor gets the Louisville offensive coordinator job. Mike Elston, at least. Wrong. So we we will see it as college football. Hey, here's uh, Mike Goolsby tweeting, modern-day blueprint for college uh, football success. Cheat, then slip off the league. Stay one ahead. Stay one step ahead of sanctions. Um, so, yeah, there, there there's Goolsby's thoughts on it, of course. Um and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep tabs on what's going on over there um, at Michigan. But reports are already out there that um, that Sharon Moore is look like he's going to take over the Michigan job. So uh, that news just broke uh, just a little bit before hour. seven o'clock, about hour fifteen before we went live here. So we definitely wanted to add that um, to the topics for today's show. Uh, so folks, please do hit the thumbs up on this video, subscribe to our channel for more content. Um, and of course, blueandgold.com is your home for all things Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Current offer for you guys um, is $1 for two months 
when you use the promo code UND1. So please do um, check that out at blueandgold.com. Um, and the other news we wanted to discuss was uh, Tommy Reese. Um, and uh, Tim, I know you were in some Twitter back and forths and there was a message board thread about this that you were going on. I think it was on a fourth or fifth page. And I was like, Tim, I'm not reading this. Um, so what, what are your thoughts about Risa reportedly going to, uh, Cleveland to coach Browns yeah. tight ends? No, the message board, man, it's like 5,000. <laughs> it's like insane, man. How about it is the dude's 31 years old and he's the most polarizing person in Notre Dame, which is just fascinating. It's fascinating just to sit back, watch people's reaction on. Tommy Reese. So it is, um, I don't know, I, I get a kick out of it. It's almost like a, you know, little uh, competition with people now to yap back and forth. That's basically what it is. But uh, hey, good for him. He's off to the NFL. That's what people have been saying and whatnot. I mean, what's, I mean, I'm excited for him. He's going to the NFL. I think he's going to do a good job. I think it's a way to move up. He's got Ryan Kelly on his resume, he's got Nick Saban on his resume. And he's going to go coach with an NFL coach of the year a few years ago, a guy who's been in the playoffs. Also, he's just kind of – he's reshaped his entire offensive staff. So it's not like there's one spot and Reese is filling it. He's bringing in like three or four new coaches. And Reese is the first hire out of those. So that's pretty interesting to learn reading up on some of the stuff over there at the Cleveland Browns pages. But, uh, no, I'm excited for him. He's just – he's polarizing, man. It, I mean, seriously – you could post – he's more polarizing than Brian Kelly. I mean, you post – you he is, man. Yeah. You post anything, and people just lose their minds. And for me, as someone who's watched Notre Dame football for decades, I find it – I just – I find it fascinating. I don't understand the reaction that he gets. He played for Notre Dame. He went – it was a backup quarterback that won games for them uh, on the 2012 run, was the quarterback coach in the playoffs in 18, the OC in 20. He's been an OC. He's beaten two number one teams. You got Clemson, breaks their 36-game regular winning streak in 2020. Obviously, Bama this year knocks off the two-time defending champs. Yeah, people act like he can't tie his shoe, yet he just keeps doing what he does, I guess. It is uh, – a it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. I mean, we could, you know, people have comments from whatever, but it's Notre Dame has been in, you know, as I like to say it, just the, the, the middle zone they have. They've been in the middle zone since, you know, Lou Holtz. They've been an average football program. They've only competed for three national, Mike, they're, they've been average since 1997. Is Notre Dame not an average football program? You think Notre Dame is the upper echelon since 1997? Tim, average. Oh, Average. average 15 to 20 when you're looking at the history of Notre Dame football. You just said, well, you didn't say the history. You didn't add that average. caveat. You I'm just said it's like average. When we talk Notre Dame football. Okay. Well, you didn't say that, Sam. You just yeah, said average. Mike, no, Notre Dame's record since 97 to now is like eight and four. That's might as well be average. If you're a Notre Dame fan, going eight and four is not cool. It's not what you live for. Okay. Well, that's not what you said, but can, go ahead. Continue. No, but I'm just saying, since 97, Notre Dame's competed for only three national titles. Reese has been a part of all three, yet he's the most polarizing ex-player 
that's out there. It's 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 interesting. Other guys that are coaching, there's NFL Notre Dame guys, college guys out there, yet no one gets the they hate that he does. And I just for me, I don't understand it. But that's just my opinion. He 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 just kind of is what he is. I, I'm not a big Tommy Reese fan. Um because of my work covering recruiting, and I just thought I I didn't love his work ethic and, and whatnot on the recruiting trail. Um, that's, that's I, just, it's yeah. just how I feel. I won't get um, into that. And I think the proof is, is kind of been in the pudding. Um, but you know, I think as a play caller, he, he's done a good job and it, it, it is kind of funny when you, when you think about, he was one of the interviews for Alabama's head coaching position. And then he's the Cleveland Browns tight end. I'm like, he didn't gosh, he's not going to get that job. Come on. Well, of course he wasn't going to get that job. That would be stupid for Alabama to hire a rookie head coach at 30 years old. would be stupid. And they never were going to do that. He was yeah. mentioned that was never going to happen. Alabama's not handing that program to a 30-year-old. There's no way. Yeah. For Alabama to hand that program to a 30-year-old, I mean, he would have to have been there for several years and, you yeah. know, be a part of some national titles. Yeah, it was, was not, it was not, gonna was not ever going to be in the cars there. But still, I mean, I, I saw your Twitter argument like, "Oh, is it a is it a step up, step down for for Reese?" Um, you know, we don't that, we don't need to get into that. But no, I, it's that's it's a, a way for him to get into the NFL, which is what he has been wanting to do. Um, and he's working for, um, you know, a, a good team nowadays with with the Browns. So um, first time coaching tight ends um for uh for tommy reese lauren hamilton is very upset in the chat that we're talking about tommy reese um she's saying what's bvg up to these days let's talk about him i think the big difference is that tommy reese yeah yeah yeah, tommy reese uh you know has spent what nine ten years as a notre dame player and coach if not more um i mean yeah and and that's just in the past 12 years so um yeah, I mean, a big chunk. I mean, it goes back to the polarizing. A big chunk of his time is with Notre Dame. He's a starting quarterback at Notre Dame. You know, one of the what, five most passing yards in a season at Notre Dame. He's done good things. A coach. He's been a part of playoff teams. Someone says, who else has been in the playoffs for two years? Exactly. Notre Dame's been in there twice. So that's part of that thing. So um, he's been a part of success at Notre Dame. And yet he just, man, I mean, you'd think he was the devil. It's like, <laughs> or, you know, for some, not not all, but for some out there. So he rubs some people wrong. So be it. Welcome to life. I mean, he's a coach. Coaches rub people wrong. They're not all sweet and cuddly. Not everyone's all sweet and nice at the coffee table and stuff like that. Who cares? He's a part of winners. He won a lot of football games. He did that at Alabama this year. He's moving on. Heck, he would still be at Alabama. But Nick Saban retires, so he's got to find somewhere to go. And where does he go? To the NFL and go into a darn good uh, organization. All right, folks, when you are in town in South Bend, you got to make sure you find some time for Augie's Locker Room, the destination for Notre Dame memorabilia um, and one-of-a-kind Notre Dame items that you can only find at one place. And Augie moved to a new location, so come check out the brand-new stores located at 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend, right down the street from campus. 
So whether you are a local or you're in town for a game or you're passing through, whatever it is, you got to make time for Augie's Locker Room. Check out their wide selection of Notre Dame Stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, one-of-a-kind Rockney items, uh, exclusive Joe Montana signed items. you got uh, famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's replicas of the bronze statues that are around the stadium. And Augie gets new stuff in all the time. If he doesn't have something that you're looking for, he's going to go out and find it for you. Uh, so visit Augie at 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. He gets some new stuff in all the time. You're going to want to check it out. So visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com. Visit 574-277-6363. Excuse me. Call 574-277-6363. Augie's Locker Room. Tim, do you have something you want to say? Okay, I thought you gave me a point. Like, hey, I wanted to... Talk about something real quick. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of, you know, talking about some of the recent news, J- Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Um, for, you know, uh, we, we talk about Michigan there because it is the number one program that, I mean, on our loose emoji message board, if we talk about Notre Dame 80% of the time, and the other 15 is like Michigan. So we're, you know, that that's that's news that people want to talk about. And then obviously Tommy Reese. I uh, wanted to talk help. about that for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and and uh, this past weekend, Tim, Notre Dame had a huge recruiting weekend. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the key um, updates from that. Uh, and one of them being – I wanted to talk about one of the visitors that was just on campus, Deuce Knight, uh, Notre Dame quarterback commit in the 2025 class, uh, 6'5", 200, about 200 pounds, uh, committed to the Irish over Ole Miss, Tennessee, Bama. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously several others. Now, this is something interesting, um, Tim, is Bama and Kalen DeBoer offered him and visited his high school earlier this week. Now, Deuce, his favorite quarterback um, is Michael Penix, you know, another tall lefty um, who's, uh, you know, uh, you know, an athletic passer and, and all that good stuff. So obviously DeBoer coached Penix and they were just playing the national championship game. So also Deuce Knight's brother, Ty, uh, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, Fry Fogel. That's at least how it's, I've never had to say that name before. Uh, he played at Indiana under DeBoer um, when, when DeBoer was, I believe, the offensive coordinator there. So kind of a couple interesting kind of tidbits for him to Alabama. Uh, and then just last night, Ole Miss – in-state program is not giving up on Deuce Knight. They were just, again, at his basketball game. Um, so Lane Kiffin was there and a couple of Ole Miss staffers. And then Marcus Freeman was there with Gino Gadouli and I, I want to say Mike Denbrock maybe and, and Dylan McCullough. Um, so from what I'm hearing from sources, um, Knight is, is locked in with the Irish. And uh, I, I did an article at him. You can find it at blueandgold.com. It's from Tuesday morning. Um, and he even gave me a quote about the, uh, you know, the Alabama offer and, and did, and I asked him like, Hey, still locked in with the Irish. He said, most definitely. So, uh, we, we certainly believe that Deuce Knight is, uh, locked in with, with his Notre Dame commitment, Tim. Uh, but that is not stopping some of these other programs. Uh, if anything, it, it shows you that, Hey, you're recruiting a guy, you know, being highly coveted that, that, that's gotta kind of be a, you know. What's the word to look over for? It shows that you're you're after the right guy. Uh, when you know some of these big time programs continue to recruit him after he's been committed to the Irish for several months now, 
and you know has been very solid, very vocal leader for Notre Dame and these other schools say, yeah, we see that. We don't care. We still want you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, what Validation, you know, validating that they're uh, recruiting the right guy, which they are. And, you know, one thing is like, I mean, he's in Mississippi. <laughs> Not a lot of Mississippi, the South Bend uh, connections going on there. So over the years, and he's SEC country. He's a heck of a quarterback. He's, super talented you watch his film for 12 seconds and you see it it's a darn good football player and obviously the new ball coach down there at alabama is going to go right after him and all he has to do is show him two plays of Penix and say hey isn't this you and uh <laughs> i mean the recruiting's easy for devore it's going to be a piece of cake so you know even though he's committed i just saw you posted his uh profile on notre dame's only favored like 30 something percent and he's committed which is interesting you're you're mike Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at Hyperice.com. Mike. Your mic. Your mic. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I, I wish I'm glad you brought that up. I wish people yeah. would, or I wish on three would change it to clarify. Um, that was like when he committed, that was the percentage yeah. when he commits, they don't change it afterwards. So that's like, oh, okay, gotcha, that's gotcha. locks in and it stayed like, I don't know. It's confusing, but yeah, no, I saw that. that and I'm like, he's committed. Why is it 37 <laughs> again? Because that's what it was before he committed. All right, no, I so they you. just lock yeah. it in. They don't change it unless people start putting in predictions for someone to flip. No, I so, feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But, uh, so go ahead. Yeah, no, no. And Kiffin obviously going there. He's in state. He's the in-state quarterback. Kiffin's got a great history with quarterbacks. And, no, uh, you know, we talked about this probably before he committed, when he committed, or anybody down south. And that is high-end. You know, he's, he's a five-star caliber football player. Those SEC deep south state schools don't want their guys going up north. So the pressure is going to be relentless until he signs. So it's a uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I love you know I've seen Deuce post some things and obviously the pictures that were after the game with the Notre Dame staff was great to see. So it's going to be fun to follow. No, you know they're not going to stop whatsoever. But yeah. uh, as long as Deuce keeps doing what he's doing, he's strong and he keeps recruiting for Notre Dame. Yeah, expect him to. I mean, it's signing. He signs this year. We're in his signing year with all these. You know, because we're following these guys basically for 18 months now. So we're into his signing year now, finally, which is pretty cool. I'm glad you brought up, you know, pictures of Deuce has taken with Marcus Freeman. The only time we ever see pictures of before the calendar year of 2024, right? The only time you'd ever see a picture of a recruit with a with a college coach. When the kid is on campus, 
or a home visit. That's it. That's it. That is it. Now there's a new rule that I think it's just during the quote unquote contact period, which is the it's beginning of December through the end of January. Now coaches can have those in-depth conversations with high school juniors when the, when the coaches are on the road. Yeah, that's changed. Yeah, so that this is this is very new. I remember seeing Mario Cristobal taking pictures of the recruits, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, is is Miami just breaking the rules? Like, what the <laughs> heck? I, I I totally forgot about the the bump rule went away. Remember the bump rule? So my yeah. take on this, Tim. So I really want to get your perspective on this for me, just being a recruiting junkie, and you, and all of your time, you know, uh, coaching in the high school ranks and having you know, these division one coaches at your school, the bump rule was the, and I guess it still will apply for the spring evaluation period from mid April to the end of May. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but you know, the bump rules, you know, Oh, you can only bump into the person, but like the college coach, the high school recruit, the high school coach, they all want a conversation to happen. So yeah, the bump rules, probably the biggest abused thing uh, in, uh, in college uh, football recruiting. So go. So now going back to here's you got Justin Thurman pictured here on YouTube. Got Justin Thurman standing next to Marcus Freeman. And he's got Dylan McCullough and Mike Mickens and Mike Denbrock and Mike Brown. And Justin's parents are there too. So yeah, that could, this could not happen. And this is pictured at Jesuit high school. Um, That was today that Freeman was there. So all of your thoughts on this, Tim, this, because I feel like this is basically what they were already doing. Now it's allowed, you know, it's kind of like, you know, some of the NIL, it's like, Oh, players are getting paid and now it's just legal. You know, that whole, that whole saying that people would have, but for this, I think this is a game changer because I mean, I was just talking to a high school coach today and he was like, yeah, my top recruit got pulled out of class for an hour talking to one coach. So my first thought is these kids are never going to have class during the contact period. They're just going to be talking to coaches all day. Yeah, you just got to – I mean, it, the, the high school head football coach has just to organize that. I, I organized all that. There, I never followed the bump rule. I even told coaches, listen, I don't say anything. I don't tweet pictures. You always see high school coaches, you know, with their arms around the coach. I'm like, I don't do any of that. I don't even acknowledge you're here. Um, it's all about getting my kids exposure and you talking to them. And that's what I was always focused on. And we take them down to my office, set up the meeting, always tell the teachers, Hey, you know, he's going to be with so-and-so coach. I'll get him back. And you know, most of my guys were all good academic guys to begin with. That's why they're getting recruited film and they got grades. So, uh, that, you know, that went hand in hand. Yeah. The bump rules ridiculous. I had some coaches that were like, well, I'm not allowed to talk to him and I'd be like, coach, it's okay. That's okay. You know, and some were sticklers, some weren't. Some were like, hey, yeah, I'll talk to him. I don't care. I want to size him up anyway. So, you know, did that a, a bunch. The dumbest rule, Mike, you know, came before you got into the recruiting game is is the head coaches not being allowed to go on the road in, in the spring is something. They got to get rid of that. They call it the old – I mean, Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden fought that thing in the 90s because that's when Pete Carroll – Charlie Weiss, it's funny you mentioned that. I was I've been cleaning out my old my football office and I found the blue and golds from the Charlie Weiss years. And and they had a whole page in the blue and gold just detailing every day where 
he was at during 30 days. And Weiss was somewhere every single day except for Sundays. So, but Paterno, Bowden, all the old, all the old guys, Osborne and all these guys, they're like, I'm not going out recruiting. Why am I letting Pete Carroll and Weiss and Urban Meyer and all these guys do it? So that's the one they really got to get rid of is let high school, especially with the recruiting, how it is, the portal. We always talk about building relationships. You always hear coaches and players talk about that. Just let those head coaches go out there in the spring and just keep evaluating. I think it's so dumb that they can't go out there. You know, uh, it's a good point. And with Freeman, he's doing all sorts of stuff during that spring eval period. I mean, yeah. he's he's not on the road recruiting, but, oh, he is doing things. Like, he is – you know, going to different banquets and awards show. I don't know what award shows are happening in spring, but he's going to the Yankees game with Joe Alt and Audrey Estime. Like he's doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to get your your perspective yeah, on that. You know, just, uh, you know, la- lastly, one thing I've noticed a huge change. And I'm, man, it's something for you to dig into or Kyle, you know, whoever is, why is Notre Dame sending five coaches out in one spot? That is like, is it the object to go out and recruit all these guys or is, you know, is Chad Bowden and his crew doing all of that in the film room in South Bend? Cause no. I've never, especially now, this is still evaluation. You really want to get as many value because they're out there offering 2026 20, guys still offering 2025 20, guys yet. They're sending four or five coaches. Look, to one. All right, let me, let, let me talk about this. I think a big part of it is the rule change. Okay. That you can have the coaches really dive into it. Like you can talk for an hour and, you know, I don't know if they were having hour long conversations and, I, you know, like between college coaches and, and, you know, during the bump rule, I don't know what they would call a bump or, or, or whatever, yeah. but you can do that now. So it is useful to have several coaches um, at one spot. And I think another part is the, how Notre Dame's 2025 excuse me, 2025 board is with 14 commitments already, I believe it is. So your class is a good bit over half full. Um, So yeah, like you don't need to go hunt a ton of 2025 guys down. And then for 2020, um, you know, six. six, Yeah. I mean, you have the spring period. A lot of gold is coming up in March, but I really think a lot in the fall, Think about it. Remember, Tim, they didn't really do a whole – they didn't need to do a whole lot of 2024 recruiting in the fall. They already built out the pot of gold day board oh, yeah. really at that point. And then you have the spring eval period, you know, to, to continue offering 26s and, heck, getting into 27 and, and even more 25 guys. So that would be my rebuttal there. Um, no, I hear you. And that's going back – I mean, just off of that, the eval is is the wide receivers. I mean, they're they've thrown out like ten wide receiver offers yeah. in a week. So is that are those you know those are all just coming from the office basically, and not because the coaches are all. Well, Brown's seen some of them. They offered two guys today that. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, they offered a kid Washington saw, and then they offered a kid at IMG, and they were at IMG today. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, a lot of wide receiver offers. So they're they're going wild for this uh, twenty five class. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Speaking of the 2025 class, we're going to talk about some of those junior day headlines. Uh, Notre Dame has an offensive tackle committed in Will Black, uh, Canadian-born, currently playing his ball in Connecticut, uh, and the Irish look to be uh, in a really good spot with three other offensive linemen. 
You got Owen Strebig from Catholic Memorial in Wisconsin. Uh, you got Jack Lang from Missouri. Uh, and you have Maddie Augustine um, from Connecticut. So if you notice for folks watching on YouTube, I mean, the RPM is high on each of them to go to Notre Dame. Reason being, I've got predictions in for Notre Dame to land all three of them. I, I like where the Irish are at for each of them. And I do believe that Notre Dame will take four um, offensive linemen in the class. So, uh, Tim, if the Irish are able to land an offensive line class of Will Black, Owen Strebig, Jack Lang, and Matty Augustine, can we get a stream where you're doing cartwheels? Can we make that happen? It's like, I mean, you're looking at four, you know, when the final rankings are all done, you're going to, I mean, all four of these guys are going to be high as could be. They're going to be way up there, you know, laying street big or top 100 caliber. Black is up. I mean, Black is outstanding. I rewatched a bunch of these guys' film, you know, since the, you know, their visits on Saturday just to rewatch, see who's who and who's where. I mean, you got four, all four, and that's what's wild. All four of these guys can play offensive tackle. Every single one, you know, I don't care if it's left, right, whatever. They're all athletic enough, long enough, large, and they're huge. Kyle Kelly uh, posted today because I asked him, they're all six, seven, and seven eights. So basically, six, eight. These guys are all, they're giants. Or you can play hoops with these guys. So if you had four of those to go with, obviously, Charles Jagasaw, we're expecting to start this year. Kirby Lambert comes in the summer. And is just outstanding compared to all these guys. And then you get these four showing up a year from now. It's like, where do you play them? <laughs> and that's the other thing. But I'm, I'm of the opinion of, man, you bring them, you figure it out. So, you know, who's the, you know, you know, Lang is the lowest knee bender. That dude gets low as could be. He looks like he's, that's why I asked, I asked uh, Kyle Kelly, like, how tall is he? He plays like he's 6'4". He is that low. Unbelievable. Uh, knee bender, you know, hip movement, the way he gets low. So, you know, sure, outstanding tackle. But with how low he is, you put him at guard in a heartbeat. Streebig with his size is just massive. He's the closest looking dude to McGlinchey there is. It's just a large human. McGlinchey was just all arms and legs. And that's that, that's like uh, Streebig when you see him run around. Then you got the two guys, obviously, out of the New England area that are just really, really skilled pass blockers athletes so it's an interesting group of four because Lang is comes right at you fires great drive blocker where you watch three big he's i mean he's pulling more than any of these guys pulling outside zones pinning poles where he's looping around showing his athleticism a lot so a large dude um man mike if they had these four to go with what they've keep doing the last couple of years it's it, I mean, you you talk about O-line U all the time. It's just like replenishing dudes. There's, yeah. no, pro, there's no projects. I think they've signed no. some projects the last few years. These four are not projects. It's more of develop where are we going to play you down the road. It's a great group. Let's go from – let's go back to the 2021 recruiting class. That's the year that had Fisher, Alton, Spindler. 22 um, had, uh, you know, Wagner, Ashton Craig. 2023 you're gonna have that you, you you can chime in tim because the yeah. years start running together jagasaw um, yeah shrouth was once in 2022 right yeah shrouth was in the 2022 class 2023 is headlined by jagasaw who else was in that 2023 line class tim oh the one oh the one 
my favorite. I mean, my I mean, Jagasaw is a freakazoid, but a Sullivan Absher. Sullivan Absher, right? Takeoff out of Sam all Pendleton. The on so yeah. you look at each, and then let's say Notre Dame does end up this four man class. Like, which is the best? Which is the which is the best? Because all fantastic recruiting years. You can't go wrong with yeah Peter Jones. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And the 2024 class with Peter Jones, um, you know, in, in this group they signed in 2024 with Gerby Lambert. Yeah. Uh, so you got 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Like, what, I'm going to put you on the spot. Which says the best? Well, number one, thank God the COVID thing's going to end soon, so we won't have to worry about six year guys coming back. But um, oh, I, I mean, I would definitely say. Well, obviously, people. What about all? Well, we're going off recruiting rankings on signing day. Man, you can't pass up four offensive tackles that are going to be highly ranked like this. Yeah. They all up. I mean, seriously, if you're just a recruiting guy and you get four, because I think Lang and Streberg are going to be top 100 guys. Black and Augustine are going to move up. I'm going to go against you. I don't think they're going to get all four. I think it's going to be okay. a numbers game. I don't. One of these guys is going to just be like, why am I going there with three other guys that all look like me? We're all the same. It's talking about height, athleticism, recruiting. Sure. You know, and a lot of the same schools are recruiting these guys, like Wisconsin. Yep. It's just putting a hard push on a couple of them. So we'll see how that – I mean, Miami. You know, Strebig's going to Miami this weekend for a junior yeah. day. I, I was just reading. So, um, But Notre Dame has a pretty good uh, offensive line coach who's produced a lot of NFL guys. The Notre Dame, I think that's why Blake Fisher left. I think that's why Blake, he went pro early. Obviously, he's got starts and he's got playing, but it's like, I'm a Notre Dame offensive lineman. That's got, that means something. And you see so many O-linemen playing in the NFL. So I bet yeah. you that was a big reason. If they get all four, Mike, I would have to go this group, just just the elite. On, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it really does look good on paper. Um, I, I wanted to throw out Tim, um, you know, when in, in all my years covering recruiting, it's people fans will get so concerned about, oh man, we're signing too many guards, we need more tackles. <laughs> this might be the first time I've ever seen fans discuss. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Too many tackles. Need guards. That's what I'm seeing on the message where I'm like, I've never seen that before. Never have. Um, I think that's a first for me. Well, uh, that, so, yeah, not not really a concern for me. It's, it's uh, funny that, that'll work it's, itself out. Oh man, I love I love how you said that because it's so true. Because Notre, Notre Dame fans freak out too much about is the I mean, how many times do we say can he play rover? It's like who cares, man? The dude's an athlete. He's got to figure it out. Well, he's too slow. We got to have a viper. We can't have eight vipers. Like right now, there's like six vipers on the roster. It's like we got a lot of vipers. We need a DN for crying out loud. And it's the same thing. Well, I don't think he's good enough to play tackle. He's got to be a guard. We can't have eight guards. Yeah. You know, so it's like. You can't have eight tackles. I really, I I do believe you can because those guys slide inside. No, I I feel you on that one. But it's always this, you know, him and Hall are always like struggling to instantly put, like already, Gerby Lambert, can he play guard? 
Brian says, who are the centers? That's the thing. If you look on like our blue and gold scholarship chart, I think we have two centers listed of what 15 or offensive linemen or whatever on scholarship. And it's Odding and Craig. And the reason for that is because you it's not difficult to slide into center. It's a really important position. Um, but that's just kind of the way it goes. And they cross train. I mean, that's you, what they do. Slide, you slide yeah. from the outside to the inside. If you're doing the opposite, that's usually more of you have to do it in a pinch. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. At least that's my take, Tim. You're a no line guy. You can tell me if I'm wrong. No, no. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, you don't you almost like you don't really want to recruit just a true center who can only do one thing. At least a tackle, you could move guys around. Yeah. And then what Notre Dame has done. I mean, look at I mean, Patterson was an all-state left tackle in Mission Viejo, one of the best public schools. Unbelievable left tackle. You know, and before that you had Nick Martin who went to the NFL. He was a you know, a tackle guard in high school. Uh, moved him to obviously center. Zeke was a true guard, developed him to center. But then they've had, you know, the backups the last couple of years are guys that are transitioning. And Ashton Craig, who just had a heck of an end of the season, the dude played offensive tackle. But yeah. he's six four. So when he bends and he gets low, it's hard to put a guy six seven there. So you still got to find those six four, six four ish type guys to be able to play the interior, which Odding is. But in this class, Mike. <laughs> It's like, hey, you're going to play offensive tackle, and we'll teach one of you guys to get really low and uh, play guard. But, uh, I mean, some of the great offensive lines Notre Dame's had in the last decade were all tackles in high school. Nelson was yeah. a tackle. Bars was a tackle. Obviously, McGlinchey was a tight end. You know, Stanley was a true tackle. Eichenberg a tackle. So, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Aaron Banks was an offensive tackle yep. in high school. Like I said, Patterson a tackle. Hainsey. Hainsey's a tackle. Now he's a center in the NFL. So that, right. yeah. And that's the other thing we've seen is some Notre Dame guys instantly moved to the interior. So um, recruit tackles. Harry, that was a big Harry Heastan thing. And because they're athletes, it's athletes, you know, it's athletes. Yeah. We haven't seen too many straight up 6'3, 295 pound true right guard signing at Notre Dame. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not a ton, but there's definitely guys they bring in. It's like, there's yeah, you're an interior guy, but um, yeah, mostly. Well, sure. Yeah, and, and just jump, you know, just talk about inside guys. It's the the Indiana guy, Kyle Kelly keeps writing about Heron, Heron, or Heron. Cam Heron, he's yeah, really good football. He is player. good, very good football player. But he's six three and a half ish, probably maybe. I don't, I doubt if he's six four, but. You know, his article, latest article Kyle wrote was like, yeah, he knows he comes to Notre Dame on playing center. He yeah. already knows that. So yeah. and he's a darn good center. So at least yeah. they do have a true center candidate that they are keeping their eyes on. He's a good football player. All right. And uh, another big headline from the recruiting weekend uh, was Notre Dame hosting Nathaniel Owusu-Boateng, um, who is the brother of Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, of course, was uh, an outstanding linebacker with the Fighting Irish and is doing fantastic things with the Cleveland Browns. Um, and, you know, from what, uh, you know, Owusu was saying, like Notre Dame really opened his eyes. I think it's a huge deal that the Irish got him on campus for. Uh, this was his first time. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wrote some good things about where the Irish stand about him in the Gold Standard article that had kind of all of the post-visit, actually it was on Sunday, all of the post-visit scoop on every target that was on campus. Um, so, yeah, Tim, let's, let's watch this kid's tape. 
is he as good as advertised? Because if we post anything about this young man on social media or on our website, it just blows up. People love to talk about Nathaniel Lusubo at Tank. So, I mean, is he as good as advertised? Yeah. I mean, what else do you need to say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. He is, uh, he strikes his, what, what's so, what's so great about him is the way he just explodes from just one quick position. He, he, he doesn't need a lot of running uh, space to hit you. He, he, he'll strike you just sitting there like a coiled up snake on some of these hits. He, I've, I've gone on some hikes, Mike, and I've walked into rattlesnakes, okay, in, the, in my past, and I've learned to walk back real quick. And I was watching his film. I was like, oh, my God, this guy totally reminds me of a rattlesnake. He almost got me one time. Uh, literally, PTSD, thinking of that uh, snake. I was laughing about that the other day. But uh, he's he's electric, man. He's like, and the fact that he got there, you know, Notre Dame's been on him because he was a late addition. I, I know you'll get into fantastic that he got up there. You know, the, obviously the relationship that they're building with him. He's a national guy. He's going to be able to pick wherever that he wants to go. And look at that play right there. There's one where he's walked up on the line. He literally just like throws his 300 plus guard to the side and goes to make a, a play. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, he's a special one. He would, I mean, he he would instantly go up there. One of the, you know, you're talking about Kingston. You know, Kingston who signed last year, Jalen Smith. He'd be in that upper echelon of five star, true five star type of linebacker coming to Notre Dame. He's he's a special young man. Yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow says, could you imagine him and Kingston Villamuasa oh. together? I don't know. Tim might Tim might just pass out. Um, I don't know if Tim could contain himself well, that, if that were to take place. When you watch, I mean, just watching him, he, I, he looks like every Georgia linebacker the last five years. You know, all these Georgia linebackers are not all these six foot five, two hundred forty five pound monsters. They all look like, you know, JOK Part Two, who could just run and just fly to the football. That's first thing I noticed is like, yeah, he looks like a bulldog. Every every, every Georgia linebacker looks like him, so. Notre Dame can start landing these types of guys that look like SEC dudes. Man, take them. He's yeah. he's, he's a special dude. Yeah. So that's uh, Nathaniel Lusuboatang uh, visiting Notre Dame this past weekend. And then, uh, I mean, Notre Dame's got their quarterback committed in the 2025 cycle um, with, uh, of course, Deuce Nine, who we talked about earlier in the show. Notre Dame's already been able to get a good head start, I would say, Tim, on the 2026 recruiting class. Brady Schmeigel from uh, Newberry Park, California. Uh, the player who's the only 2026 prospect on campus, to my knowledge, 24 um, seven in rivals, both seem as top, uh, you know, 35 player nationally. It's super, super early to talk 2026 rankings, but clearly a guy who's coveted across the country, you know, Oregon, Florida state, Michigan, Miami, Georgia, a ton of offers for this young man. Who's just in the 2026 class. Um, so his, that's here, Tim, as a sophomore, and you can tell us about the competition he's playing against. Uh, Forty-two hundred yards, fifty-two passing touchdowns, and he and he stands at a reported six-five, two hundred five pounds. So, hearing his visit went really well, folks. It is early in the twenty twenty-six class, but um, yeah, it's a good one to uh, get on, get in on early for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just going to his high school competition is really good. It's the Los Angeles Valley area out there. You know the Ventura region 
that he plays really good uh, high school football, uh, very, very uh, competitive public leagues. And then they battle Oaks Christian, St. Bonaventure. You know, you got the, you know, the Catholic powers down in that way. Westlake's one of the big uh, powerhouses. If anyone knows Westlake out in there, Sierra Canyon's in that area too. They don't play Sierra Canyon, but those are the guys they got to go fight the players to get. But uh, tell you what, he's, you know, when you watch him, his throw in motion, I would, you know, I, I need to Google this or if you even know, he, he looks like a, you know, Clarkson, Steve Clarkson quarterback, the way he has the ball, the way he has his feet, the way he's, his mechanics. He looks like a six foot five Jimmy Clausen as a sophomore, the way he just throws the ball. That's uh, comparing him to Jimmy. He's the same, the same setup. So I bet you he's a Clarkson uh, camp guy uh, all the time. The same things. Unbelievable arm. There's one, he's rolling to his left, plants, throws it almost 60 yards. It's not, it's not even real. Uh, he, he's a stud. He's a well-known guy in, in SoCal. He's been a starter since his freshman year. He's very well-known. All the privates have gone after him, but he's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to stay and play for my hometown. That's just what he's doing, and uh, you know, respect that. He's uh, Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, he's going to be in the running, I, I would assume, for you know, – top three, four quarterback in that 26 class. But it, as crazy as it, is, as it is, Mike, when you think 2026, you got Pot of Gold, which we've already talked about, is coming up. But these guys commit so early. I mean, he may be, you know, a late spring, summer yeah. type of commit because that's what these guys are doing now, to yeah. going up there, even committing before their junior year, as we saw yeah. with Deuce Knight, C.J. Carr, Tyler Buckner back a few, all the, so many guys are doing this now. So even though we're like, Oh my God, are we really talking 2026, Mike? He may be committing in the next five, six months. Yeah. And yeah, so car. Yeah. Go ahead. Car would have been before his junior year. Deuce was a little early in the junior year and jelly was after junior year. Cause Notre Dame, you know, that was the pandemic recruiting cycle 2022. Yeah. Buckner was early. Pine was super early. Um, so yeah, for sure. Jerkovic was like same thing before his junior year as well. Yeah. So, but even so many of these national quarterbacks, it seems like are just like, um, if I know where I'm going, you know, like McIntyre just committed to Tennessee. He's yeah. like the the last lone one in that group to commit. Everyone's sure. been gone for so long. So very few are that. But uh if he if Notre Dame was able to lock him up in the next six months, because I'm sure he's gonna come out and visit in spring ball and do all that stuff, man, he's Mike, you're just doing it again, man. You're just getting an elite quarterback on top of an elite quarterback. You know what I mean? You're just continually developing these guys and just recruiting them and getting them where you don't have to go to the portal. You're just like next guy up, next guy up. And I think he, man, I, I hope we have a conversation six months if he commits of who's the best one in the last three, four years. That would be a great conversation down the road. But because he's it, he's up there. He's fast. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome passing quarterback yeah dad's the high school head coach at newberry park so that might be part of the reason why it might be difficult for you know one of those private schools there to, you go. There you go. to get him but it's also worth mentioning that like i don't know like football guys oftentimes like have such a deep respect for notre dame um you know, just like the and there's like that nfl legacy of you know you know, dads who played in the NFL, Notre Dame's doing a really good job with recruiting those kids. Like, I think that's for coaches' sons too. Like, I I, I would definitely kind of put that, um, you know, in the same realm. Um, guys who just know the game of football and football ends, 
you know, what, what's your good degree going to do for you after, you know, the game of football is over. So uh, Brady Schmeigel from uh, Newberry Park, uh, California. Yeah. Um, I mean, I go just ahead. got more on him. I mean, you know, I love Southern California quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, obviously they visited him. He's been out for junior day. As you said, the only sophomore to be out there um, is the, t- you know, I don't know what, what the talk is after that. Is it definitely keep the conversation coming and come out in the spring ball you're expecting for, for Brady? Yeah. For smile. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's early. It's early. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I talked to him right before sort of his junior season. He was like, I'm not really gonna be doing a ton of recruiting stuff during my junior year, man, like or sophomore year, like sophomore. Yeah. So yeah. I think now yeah. in the off season, it's, he's going to focus a little bit more on recruiting, but um yeah, I think this was like kind of a good first first date, if you will. I love that. That's awesome. So, all right, moving along. That's kind of our recruiting talk. I mean, we really could go on for a lot longer talking some Notre Dame recruiting headlines, um, but we need more things to talk about in the next, uh, you know, in, in the next few shows. Um, yeah, I mean, Mark Zachary's on campus, Jamie and Shanklin, Dallas Golden, some huge Irish targets. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely continue to talk about these guys. Um, in the coming weeks. Uh, but I did want to talk about one other update here, Tim, was this article that Tyler Horka posted, um, what would this have been, to, uh, one, Monday, early 2024 spring height weight for every Notre Dame football player on offense. Um, so I guess, the, the, you know, the Notre Dame football, you know, roster got updated. And I sent you this offensive link, Tim. I'm not sure if you looked through the defense as well. Um, but did you have any takeaways from, you know, kind of the heights and weights for, you know, Notre Dame players and maybe the differences from what they were listed at previously? Yeah, offensively, I just took a few notes is um, one thing. I mean, I was uh, Chris Mitchell. I like that. He's six one. I did not did not know what his true height was when you watch film on him. You're like, oh, boy, is this five eleven type guy? But no, six one. So he's got a nice little height out there. I wrote down Cooper Flanagan is going to be Troy Nicholas. For all the guys that remember him, Troy Nicholas, 10 years ago out of Servite, played for Notre Dame, went in the second round. I say that because he lost 20 pounds. I saw in Tyler's article, he's 20 pounds lighter, meaning that dude is going to bulk up because he's a weight room uh, warrior. So really excited to see what he looks like here when uh, spring ball comes around, which goes back to the new strength coach. How is that going to – how are these guys going to – You know, I, I saved that article just to see, okay, let's see what they're weighing at the end of spring see where they're at really in training camp, see how this progress goes with the new strength coach. So that was pretty cool. Jaden Thomas, I I mean, he's a tight end. He's 6'2", 225. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, man, I was uh, – I don't know why I thought he was taller, but 6'2", 225. O-line, Emil Wagner only weighed, what, two in the low 280s. That was a little interesting, you know, how that develops. And then I mentioned this one earlier. I'm just really excited to see Sullivan Absher. I just, I loved his high school. You know, we get so consumed with the next guys, right? The next class, these guys visiting. We forget last year's guys. And Absher is my freshman to watch just because his film was just awesome. I absolutely loved his high school film and the, and the, and the damn, the intensity that he plays with. Yeah. Uh, real quick on defense, a couple guys I wrote down was um, Luke Talich. I'm like, is he six four two ten? Yeah. I mean, he's gonna What's be that like, like? Condor out there with that wingspan roaming out there. So that's really exciting. Um, 
I'm hoping I'm hoping he really I mean I I know there's been a lot of buzz coaches have talked about him O'Leary did in a press conference during the season someone asked him and he you know you can tell he gets excited like yeah this guy's going to be a player just be ready so like that um thought Jordan Clark just looks small and you're trying to be a nickel not that you know you're looking for a bigger nickel but Harper was a little thicker thought that was there uh, I wrote down the two freshmen, Logan Thomas is, you know, weighs less than, you know, weighs less than me. So I need to get on a diet, Mike. So they're under 200 pounds. So you can say red shirt. We'll see you in a couple of years because it's hard to rush the quarterback at 196 yeah. pounds and a uh, big Sean at nose guard over 330. Instantly just thought of Lewis Nix who, you know, he went, you know, on a diet for a year and we didn't see him until the next season. So don't know what that is. KVA. Um, 6'3", 230 plus. How, how's 233? And you saw him down in uh, San Antonio. His film, he don't look in the 230-ish. He looks lean. So that shows you the type of makeup that he has. I was surprised by that. Yeah, Maybe it's because when you're a linebacker and you're standing next to those gigantic defensive linemen, you look a lot smaller. Um, but, yeah, 6'3", 230. Um, yeah. That's that was that was impressive. Um, and then Sneed, I just wrote down two other guys. I got Sneed at two nineteen. He's so fast, so violent, unbelievable swarm to the football. And I just wrote, "What's his role? What is his role going to be in his junior year?" And then someone in the comments I just saw, "Hey, I'm with you, Vernon and Houston. Vernon and Houston, both those guys are looking good. Nice, good weights uh, after a redshirt freshman year. We forget, you know, Houston was the at the Echoes, you know, they handed out 28 awards. He was one of those guys and won the Scout Team Player of the Year. So does Houston and Brennan Vernon, really good high school football films, really good yeah. blue-chip football recruits that Notre Dame got away from, you know, excellent football programs, do they make a jump? Do one of these two or both of these guys make a jump? Rubio possibly might be out this spring, but do they yeah. jump Heinish? Anya, guys that have been in the program a little longer, but Houston and Vernon, better talent. So yep. it was just a little pre-spring uh, things, winter conditioning things I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yep. Glad you that. brought up Rubio. Yes. Um, yeah, he's not on the roster. The hope is that he's going to be back for for spring ball um, for undisclosed reasons. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see on Gabriel Rubio. I think the Notre Dame defense line could really use him for this season. Um, yeah, you talked about O'Neal Wagner at 6'6", 284, bro. You're going in your junior year. And next to him on the depth chart is you have Joe Odding here at 6'3". So he's three inches shorter than you, but he's got four pounds and is a year younger. Um, so, you know, O'Neal, like all, the, all of the talent in the world, um, but can he get – you know, closer to 300 pounds. I think that's going to be pretty important for him. And then how about Charles Jagasaw listed yeah. at 6'7", 326 pounds. Tim, how many times do you – I remember like Drew Pine as a junior in high school when we were at Rivals, he was listed at 6'1". And somehow he got down to 5'10". And if you ask Schoolsby, he's 5'8". <laughs> Usually the guys shrink. How is Jagasaw getting taller? I feel like he was listed at 6'6". How is he getting bigger? 
in tall or like or like taller like uh so yeah jagasaw is a monster and oh, yeah, yeah. i think he is a reason why notre dame at least as of now is not going to the the portal to get a tackle uh, because you have you know tosh baker and you know what you have there and i think notre dame's excited about him moving forward and then you have charles jagasaw who is just a freak show oh yeah i mean just few seconds on those guys you're right and it's i mean the you know just real quick on the portal you know we talked about this really the last two years notre dame's filling holes and those holes are from recruiting dn has been a void they've had to get a dn safety nickel safety all throw it all together has not been good as we know uh, in that spot and then quarterback they've just gone back to back you know older quarterbacks the last two years that's what you know that's what they've chosen and then obviously wide receivers just been I mean, they went multiple years now without a, a receiver, it feels like. So they had to load up. But offensive tackle, unless there's a dude out there, because there really was, you know, the, the portal didn't have Notre Dame, quote-unquote, caliber guys. And it's sure. like, how do you bring in a portal guy when you do have elite recruits? They do. These guys are good. Jagasaw and Tosh Baker played really well in, in the bowl game. And real quick, that bowl, I mean, they had their starting D-line. So it's not like they were going, yeah. it's, you know, Oregon State JV guys. And, uh, you know, they played – those guys played their tails off. So, I think that's good going into this season. I, that's why I'm going to stick to the Sullivan Absher because the depth is scary. An offensive tackle just is. Yeah, scary good. Scary, I don't know. I scary, don't know. I don't know. Well, you if you got Baker and Charles, who's the backup? That's that's the scary part. So, it's that's – Talent but an experience. Because, you know, we could say Gerby, but Gerby's not here till the summer, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and it's hard to come in and play as, you know, very few. There's been some elite ones, but very few, obviously. He may be in the middle of the season, but going into spring ball, yeah, I'm always worried about the backup quarterback and now who's the backup tackle, right? That's uh, Those are some hideisms there. It's always about the backups. But uh, offensive tackle, it's it's Absher and because Carmody's gone. You know, you know, Christophic was an interior guy. He's, you know, he's retired. So they need to develop some offensive tackles in, in this in this camp, you know, because Tarek, but it's, you know, is he a guard, so to speak? Ty Chan's going into what year three. He's one of the 22 guys. So he's going into his third year, just like Ashton Craig. So uh, yeah, the backup quarterback or quarterback, the backup tackles are going to be interesting, but uh that's why they that's why they need to get those 2025 guys here as soon as possible to get some uh to get some really good depth. All right. Well, went through all of our topics as planned. So that's always a, that's always good that uh hit everything we want to talk about, Tim. All right. I am so proud of myself for remembering something. There was a guy who sent in a super chat. This would have been, I don't know, maybe early December, and I kept forgetting about it. I saved it on my desktop, and Tim, uh, it was, again, I, I've just for, continued to forget for us to talk about this. It was actually December 6th. Uh, Relic had a $20 super chat and said, before the badness of NIL slash portal, you wanted to give a new head coach four years to see what the team slash program develop into. Should that standard change, given how much more roster churn happens now, does head coach talent reveal itself faster? So Relic, I really apologize for taking uh, nearly two months to answer this. I just kept forgetting to pop it up on the show. So Tim, do you want to tackle this real quick? Yeah, great question. 
uh, great question. Um, yeah, doubt. I mean, no. I mean, it's hard to compare Notre Dame to some of the other programs out there because they could just fill up. I mean, as long as you, you breathe, you could get into some of these universities as, as a transfer portal person. So great question. I mean, let's just use, you know, everyone's, you know, I mean, just look at the coaches out there that are taking new jobs. They instantly could go and fill up bodies, you know, fill your whole roster up. I mean, Lincoln Riley's done it, you know, you know, obviously Brian Kelly, when he came aboard, they only had like 40 something guys on the roster, bam, filled up real quick. Kalen DeBoer is going to go through that because Alabama's what, 15, 20 guys hit the portal. He's going to have to replenish that. Uh, Jeff Brom, instantly, two years in a row, loading up with 20 guys. Uh, Mike Elko, perfect example was Mike Elko, the game one. Obviously, they're going to play Texas A&M. In the past, as he's saying, you would have to sit back, recruit, you know, maybe take a fifth-year grad transfer, but you would have to do it in the recruiting process, and that, and you would give a coach a couple years. Nowadays, yeah, I think I'm with him nowadays, man. You got a couple of years. Figure it out. Figure it out because the portal's there to be used. Yeah. Notre Dame may be a hair different because you can't go get eight sophomores and some juniors, so to that speak. That might be a little bit more of a hair. It might be more than a hair, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that might be a whole whole damn wig. Yeah, um, no, exactly. Because Notre Dame, I know, I mean, I've you know, the last couple of weeks just Seeing you know Notre Dame media and some of the buzz on Twitter and all that, the hype is like, well, things are changing, and it's like, uh, where? It's like there's still grad transfers coming in. Where, where, where is it changing? It's like you got five, six-year guys. We've talked about a fifth-year kicker. Collins is not. Collins is getting his degree at Clemson before he transfers. Yeah. In. So all this things are changing at Notre Dame. Uh, okay, where? You know. That I mean, so so Freeman probably still has a few more years, but also Freeman's not coming into a decimated position, so to speak. I mean, Notre Dame was on good ground, you know, the last you know seven years, so to speak. So um, five, six, whatever that that end of Kelly run was, but uh, yeah, go quicker. I mean, some of these coaches they're going to have a short, probably a short leash because you can use the portal. That's going back to our original topic, the beginning with Harbaugh leaving and what does that do really for Notre Dame down the road? Meaning when Marcus Freeman leaves and if they're the same rules as today, Mike, is there an exodus out of Notre Dame? So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, that'll be an interesting thing Do but do kids come to Notre Dame for different reasons than they do Alabama? You know what I mean? Yeah. Somewhat, but at the end of the day, these kids want to go to the NFL. Everyone, yes. they, all, they all do. Oh, I hear you. Um, so it is interesting. It, as you were talking, I was thinking, man, loose emoji passed in was it March March twenty twenty two? No, twenty twenty one. Excuse 21, me. Twenty one. You know, so we're coming up on three years, and I feel like it's all gone to shit ever since Lou passed. So Lou was holding it all together for us in college football. <laughs> I'm seriously thinking like he's up there looking like, thank God I don't have to cover this. Maybe. I don't know. But like college football's changed so much. Yeah, um, we can and, end uh, on it, end on that for 12 seconds. Like, you're right, man. It is just like that's what you know, that's why I keep thinking, like, you know, with the Sharon Sharon Moore possibly taking over Michigan, is Michigan doing the right thing? They probably have been preparing for this. Of knowing what Harbaugh does, and it's just like, is it easier to, to to know who you want, go get him within 48 hours, 
or just hire someone on staff you know could run the program, which obviously in Marcus Freeman's case, it's kind yeah. of what they did because Kelly left Monday. Freeman was really told on Wednesday he couldn't announce it till Friday, but in all essence, they kind of hired Freeman within 48 hours of Kelly yeah. leaving. So yeah. is that so. going to be a pattern down the road? Man, yeah. it's wild. That's why some – I don't know how some of this stuff changes, but we'll find out, man. All right. Well, it's if you have not done so yet, folks, please hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, um, for more content. And you can go to blueandgold.com uh, for all things Notre Dame fighting Irish uh, football and recruiting coverage. And if you are new, uh, we have a special offer for first-time users, and that is using the promo code UND1, and it's $1.00 for two months of premium access. So use that promo code UND1. Really appreciate you guys for watching today's show or listening to it via podcast. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Appreciate you all again. And as always, we will catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.